Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for another episode of Innovation and Compliance. As most of my listeners know, we have a wide variety of innovations, but today we have an innovation that I'm actually thrilled about because it takes a business need and delivers a solution that was not previously there. So with that introduction, I welcome Christy Grant Hart of Spark Consulting and well-known compliance practitioner to the podcast. Christy, welcome. Hi, thanks so much, Tom, for having me. So uh, we're here at the SCCE 2018 Compliance and Ethics Institute, and I ambled by your booth, and you told me about the Spark Score Report. And the more you talked about it, the more excited I got. So it fits exactly what I want to talk about in this podcast. It's innovative, but to me, even more significant, it solves a business need. So hopefully I've set it up right. Why don't you tell us about the genesis of it, how you developed it, and how are you using it going forward? Uh, Sure. So at its core, SparkScore shows you how your program looks to the outside world. What I realized, it's a free report and it's a benchmarking tool. So it's a lot of different things at once. What I realized was when I was in-house, when I was a chief compliance officer, I knew our website was terrible with respect to compliance and ethics. We didn't have a code of conduct. I think at some point I convinced them to put it online. I don't even know if we had a data privacy policy. The modern slavery policy may have shown up eventually. We had no presence to say we are really committed to this compliance and ethics thing, even though I knew internally that that was true. So, and when I would say something, basically prove it, right? Prove it that other people are doing a better job. Show me. And without that benchmarking data, it's really hard to do that. So when I started my company, Spark Compliance Consulting, I realized that when new clients approach us, if they send an email, the first thing I would do is go to the website of the company to see how mature the program was. Does their code of conduct online? If so, is it in color? Is it branded? Is it interesting? Do they have a corporate governance section? Is there a modern slavery statement or supply chain? So I really use that external site to give me insight into where their program is. And I thought to myself, you know, investors, shareholders, potential employees, all kinds of people do the same review, but compliance people from the inside aren't always aware or taking interest in how they look to the outside world on that website. So what I decided to do, I thought, I bet there is a need for this because I've never seen it. And I'd really never seen it in a way that it could be useful to the profession so they could take their report, go to their board, go to their C-suite, go talk to their manager and say, look, you know, this either is great, but we could do better, or it's just not good enough. And here's how others in our industry are doing in these six categories, and here's how others throughout all industries are doing. So we've created a database, and basically it's a free report that we will do the research for you, we provide it to you, and you can have it. It'll help you in your program. That's a great description of the report, but frankly, I think it really downplays the usefulness of it for a much wider variety of stakeholders. And one of the things I'm uh, beginning to be asked about by private equity companies, by banks, is some evaluation of potential targets of potential loanees around compliance without going in and doing a risk assessment. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to assess if it's someone they even want to look at. And it struck me when you described this, this absolutely delivers to that market need. 
I think that compliance professionals in particular really underestimate this. And I think partially because they hear about the merger or acquisition after it's in the works. So those initial reviews or that initial conversation is probably with sales or the C-suite and they're not in that conversation. They don't realize how important it is and that people really are looking at this. It's a bit like the genesis of the corporate social responsibility and being very public about what you're doing in that space. That's all well and good and very important, but compliance and ethics are arguably, at least in my world, more important. And how are you showing that to the world in a way that is quantifiable and that is benchmarkable? And I think it's incredibly important. You've got several different factors that you look at Mm -hmm. as laid out on it. We've got the code of conduct. We've got corporate governance. We've got whistleblower provisions. We've got anti-bribery commitments and data privacy. And then you've already mentioned supply chain sustainability and modern slavery. How do you go about making those analyses? So I created an algorithm based on what I've seen as best practices. We do lots of program evaluations at Spark Compliance. And really, some of those best practices can show up externally. And if you're really wanting to show people what is good about your program, there are ways to do it. So we've weighted the different sections based on what we think is most important. So to me, it's always going to be about the code of conduct. If you don't have that on your website, I mean, come on, right? This is thing one. But also things like in the corporate governance section, do you have any statement from your CEO or your management about a commitment to compliance and ethics. Is it in your 10K? Is it on your website anywhere? Is there anything about compliance on your website? Can I find your whistleblower hotline? And if I can, is it translated? Are there different ways to report? Do I have a phone number and an email address? Can I submit online? In terms of the anti-bribery commitments, does it show up? Is there a supplier code of conduct? Is it in your code of conduct in a formal way? With the data privacy, is your statement online? Can I find it from every page? And modern slavery, if you are a UK company, if we already know that you're subject to this law, have you put out your statement? Is it located from the first page? Is it signed by a board member? Things that people get wrong all the time. And do you even have the word, uh, there's supply chain, sustainability, slavery, trafficking. There's a series of words we use. So we developed this algorithm to try to really balance what's most important and also have the factors work so that we can see where you really fall out. So the other thing that you've talked about is not only is this a benchmarking individual report, but you're also gathering a database. Yes. And tell me about the database and then how you hope, or at least at this point, see you might be able to use that going forward. Oh, that was critical. When we started doing the beta testing, it was on an Excel sheet. And we realized very quickly that wasn't going to work. Because what I see is a fantastic data mine, particularly over time, to show trends right? What are the best practices? So as we evolve this, we can see which industries have the best external approach, which and how that can affect other industries. So if we see that, for instance, financial services is doing a much better job than healthcare, or that one of the categories we've looked at is media and publishing, and they're terrible. I mean, you would not believe some of the companies that just don't have anything on their websites versus others where particularly enforcement actions have caused companies to be really committed. Construction, believe it or not, has really high scores. So we're already seeing where there's divergence. And I think that what we want to do is be able to put out white papers or do webinars or podcasts like this as we get more information and we can track trends year on year and also help people with best practices. Because ultimately, It's all well and good to say you're doing well or badly, but what do you do about that? And to me, that's the information we're trying to raise everyone's game to be better. 
you have been in this profession for at least a few years, and you have been part of the maturation. At least a decade. At least a decade. But you've been part of the maturation process where originally you were a little bit more on the enforcement side. Mm -hmm. Then you moved into the compliance program, compliance building side and business process, and now as a consultant are really helping on both sides of that equation. But it strikes me that with the new report, particularly what you're seeing with the differences in industries, that we may actually be moving towards with greater maturity, greater divergence within industries. Is that something you've seen? Absolutely. I have genuinely been surprised as we have done the first series of reports because there are industries where particularly with enforcement actions. There's just been so much of a focus. Also, there's been corporate monitorships that really up the game. You know, when a company has to do what you say, basically, or under threat of deferred prosecution or of losing their non-prosecution agreement, you get so much more maturity because you have a monitor who knows what they're doing, hopefully, that really raises your game. And particularly when companies have had bad things happen, they tend to want to broadcast that that's no longer true. And then their peers need to match that where you haven't had the enforcement actions or you haven't had heavy regulation, we found that there is significantly less, at least visible external maturity of the program. And so I think that part of this, the reason we score things in the six different categories is to say it's not just one thing. There are different places where you can really show how important your compliance and ethics program is and learn best practices from other industries that are frankly just doing it better. Could uh, I ask you again the price of this? It's free. It's free. It's free. It's 100% free. Obviously, part of that is we want to begin to interact with some of the compliance teams we haven't met or haven't previously worked with. But genuinely, it is a no-strings-attached thing. Our website is sparkcompliance.com, and they're up in the big corner. It says, get your free Spark score. You put in your email address and the name of your company and its website, and we will get back to you in two weeks with your personalized report. So fortunately, we're near the end of our time, but when you have an innovation that satisfies a business need, and as I listen to you now, actually, even regulatory needs, it's pretty great. So uh, <laughs> we're excited a, about it. You should be. Yeah. And I think it's a great innovation. And I look forward to uh, perhaps coming back and um, debriefing you on what you've learned. Absolutely. Going forward. So I've been visiting with Christy Grant Hart about the new service offering from Spark Consulting called the Spark Score Report. Check it out on their website. It's a great resource. Christy, thank you. Thank you, Tom. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.